In the AFC Championship game here at Arrowhead. Wide receiver screen into the end zone. They shovel it inside to Kelsey. Touchdown! The trophy stays here. Everybody wants to make this big deal about the AFC Championship rematch. Mahomes over the middle. Cut Tyreek. Touchdown! The Bills get the lead back again. Three seconds left. Butker gets a kick up. We're going to overtime. Mahomes looks to throw it. And a comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. And the Chiefs have won this incredible playoff game. So just get ready for the comeback. Honestly, it's always great when these two teams get together. The Chiefs and Bills looking to add another classic game between their rivalry this week, and we have live coverage from both teams in just a minute. As you see right there with our great reporters, we'll be back with them. But first, let's hear from these teams as they get ready to play their third playoff matchup with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen under center. We've played her twice, but we've played her, it seems like, 100 times over the last, like, five years. So it's... It's a little bit of doing the same stuff and doing different stuff, and you you want to do what you're best at, but don't but you want to trick the defense a little bit. It's kind of and same for them both sides. And so, um, at the end of the day, you change it up a little bit. You go out there, try to do your best stuff, uh, and they know you, you know them, and uh, see who wins that day. Really, we've played them every year for the last I think four or five years. So, um, I think it's two teams that are very familiar with each other. So the wrinkles that they put in, that we put in, that we adjust to. Um, you know, those are going to be key to, to winning this game. So, um, again, just trying to come in here and be as prepared as possible for game day. As you saw off the top of the show, Michelle Steele in Kansas City with the Chiefs today while Elena Getzenberg out in Buffalo with the Bills. Chilly both places. Michelle, let's start with you. How did the Chiefs feel about playing the Bills on the road this time? Yeah, Laura, the Chiefs feel pretty good about it, actually. You know, they're largely healthy. They've been resting since Saturday. Now, granted, the Bills have won the last three regular season games against KC, but when it has mattered, KC has been 2-0 in the postseason against the Buffalo Bills. Now, whenever you talk about Bills Chiefs, you got to talk about the quarterbacks, right? Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Now, these two guys are friendly off the field, and Mahomes said it's actually more fun. You actually have more motivation to beat your friend, saying that, he wants those bragging rights. It's not just about advancing this week. Hey, whatever you need to motivate yourself in a hostile environment under very challenging conditions. And speaking of maximum performance under challenging conditions, I'm going to throw it right now to Elena Getzenberg down in Buffalo. Thanks, Michelle. The Bills are dealing with a variety of conditions. As you can see here in Orchard Park, we are in the middle of the second snowstorm here this week that has once again altered the Bills' schedule. Yesterday, they made the call to push back things today, but everyone did make it to the facility and participated in meetings and a walkthrough today. That other herder for the Bills is when it comes to injuries. Their injury list is lengthy this week, including starting cornerback Christian Benford and starting middle linebacker Terrell Bernard not participating in today's walkthrough with injuries. Bernard was carted off the field in that win versus the Steelers, but Coach Sean McDermott said there's hope that he can play versus the Chiefs. Talking to defensive tackle Ed Oliver today, he said this really isn't anything new for this defense. He can't remember more than a couple weeks when they haven't had a key player injured. Mm. But the mood in this locker room is they understand just how big this game is. Quarterback Josh Allen did talk about, you know, a lot of guys have been waiting for this moment to host the Chiefs here in Orchard Park in the postseason, and they're going to get that on Sunday. Laura, back to you. Yeah, um, Elena, I just did a quick weather check, and it makes sense that I would because the Buffalo weather is just loaded up on my phone. It's 19, but it feels like one degree there, and there's snow starting in 36 minutes, okay? So, 
um, take cover. We appreciate you. Stop. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if it stopped. Uh, this will be the seventh meeting for Patrick Mahomes against the Bills. He's lost three of the four regular season matchups, but he's been incredible in the two playoff meetings, throwing six touchdowns without a pick as the Chiefs have averaged 40 points a game, winning both games. You think about the back and forth between these two quarterbacks. A lot of times that's been when it's mattered most. We're glad you're with us today on NFL Live. Dan Orlovsky is here. Hawk is here. Marcus Spears as well. Adam Schefter joins us in just a bit Dan <laughs> the wave what's different about this Bills defense <laughs> in this matchup we heard yeah. some of the injury concerns this time around as opposed to some of the previous ones. they changed the picture so much more now pre than post snap than they did in the past under Leslie Frazier it wasn't that much and I know they played this year but Sean McDermott has done it a ton it's become their identity so they present like one safety in the middle field and man-to-man -man coverage. So as a quarterback, you're sitting there going, okay, I'm expecting man coverage underneath with one safety inside leverage, or excuse me, outside. Ball gets snapped, it goes to two safeties deep. Now it's still man-to-man -man coverage, but instead of it being outside leverage, it goes to inside leverage. That completely changes everything. Spy on the quarterback, and now you're trying to figure out, okay, who's, who's the, the route in man coverage that is the viable one versus the proper leverage? Now, again, there's everybody up at the line of scrimmage, seven guys, wide defensive tackles, linebackers mugged up into A-gaps and a backside safety. There's three defenders deep. You're like, okay, it's probably going to be a cover three zone. That's pre-snap. Now, post-snap, there's going to be people who pressure and people who drop out, and it goes from three deep to two deep. There's a trail underneath for the single guy. Two safeties are back deep. So your mind as a quarterback and receiver and offensive line goes, okay, I was throwing it to this guy. Now I'm throwing it to this guy. He's getting matched by certain defenders. It almost becomes like a throwaway, a waste play. Again, now you're sitting there going, okay, why defensive tackles? They like to play cover two in this situation. Those safeties are going to get deep. I know exactly who I'm trying to move with my eyes in that zone situation. The nickel and the safety switch. Now the nickel goes back to play half field. The safety's the middle linebacker. The middle linebacker goes to play the nickel role. And as a quarterback, you sit there and go, uh-oh, like, who's who? That's how you see the double clutch and an almost interception for Mason Rudolph. And it was really interesting to hear both quarterbacks talk because I think Patrick said we got to try to trick them. Yeah. And Josh said the wrinkles and we have to adjust. That's exactly what all that mm -hmm. stuff is. Mm. On both sides, this game is going to come down to really what quarterback, what offense kind of sees those picture change moments the best and executes it against, the, against it like the most consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dio, I love that you talk about the post-snap movement. And on the back end, as a defensive lineman, I think of that as disguise. But up front, you know, you guys talked about simulated pressure, did a phenomenal job on it. It's literally to create chaos and make, make gaps undeclarable for offensive line when they are protected. So a lot of times when you see those linebackers mugged up in the A-gap, one, th one thing it does is if you have really good defensive end, it takes the possibility of a chip away unless you add tight ends to the outside. But the back has to stay in most of the time for protection. And then also it creates one-on-ones. Green Bay has done a phenomenal job of that late in the season by just walking one guy up and creating one-on-one -on -one passing down on passing downs. And then there's movement created in order to stop the run as well. That's to create negative plays. So that post-snap movement up front is the one create chaos for protection, but also try to create some negative plays from the offense so you can get a favorable down and distance situation and third down as a defense. A linebacker mugged up in the A-gap sounds like me trying to walk down the grocery aisle when, like, somebody's coming the other way. And <laughs> can you I can't ask figure you out real quick on yeah. that? Yeah. Marcus, you're saying the best way to take 
the chips off of those tackles is to mug both backers on top of the center on either side? Absolutely, D.O., because most of the time, obviously, we know what well, we know, but let me explain to the audience. Most of the time, you have a back either chipping on his way out or you're just going to have him go and slide over to help a tackle if you're not comfortable with the matchup on the outside guy. When you mug linebackers up in the A-gap and you know when you guys determine protection, you hear a Mike 57 right. or a Mike 49. A lot of times that's communication from the quarterback to the center mm -hmm. to create slide and then to the running back as to who his man will be in case there is an extra guy that comes. Well, when you put him in the center, the back is thinking, I got to protect in the middle of the line of scrimmage. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Hawk, how much of that post-snap movement makes yeah. the wide receiver's lives difficult? We're hearing about what it does yeah, to the it, line. It makes it extremely difficult, especially for a young wide receiver in core who has been the topic of whether or not they're holding the Chiefs back, specifically MVS. Rasheed Rice, who has been incredible, he's still a rookie. So what that does to Dio's point is, now if they're changing their coverage yeah. pre and post snap, as a receiver, I have to be on the same page with the quarterback. And it's I have to diagnose, it's been an issue. Yeah. And they have to be able to diagnose it fast. Is it man or is it zone? Am I sitting down or am I staying on the move? Mm. Is it single high or too high? Because if it's single high, I might have a seam on the numbers or I might have a bender in a, in a too high scenario, right? Or am I hot? Am I the hot route? Am I the quarterback's outlet? if they send blitz mm. for a young receiving core who is just trying to focus on making these plays, that's a lot of information to throw at them at a, at a last second scenario. We'll get your question in another time this week because we got to get to more stuff, but there's a lot more to talk about with this game. Another top story today, Gerard Mayo was introduced as the head coach of the New England Patriots, and he takes over, as we know, for one of the greatest to ever do it, Bill Belichick. You see him there with Robert Kraft walking in. It's time for Mayo to make his mark. Here's what he had to say. I'm a huge believer in just developing people, uh, whether it's on the football field, whether it's off the football field, in the media world, in business. My calling is to be a teacher and to develop people. I don't like echo chambers. I want people around me that are going to question my ideas or question the way we have done things in the past. I'm not trying to be Bill. I'm not trying to be Bill. I think that Bill is his own man. The more I think about like the lessons that I've taken from Bill. Hard work works, right? Hard work works, and and that's what we're all about. It's a Patriots press conference, so you know Mike Reese was in the building. Mike, you had a chance to talk to Mayo after the new news conference. What did he share with you about his vision for the team? Laura, he used uh, the term shared vision, and I really wanted to drill down with Gerard Mayo on something he said about rebuilding some relationships and knocking down silos. I, I wanted to know what he meant by that. And he explained to me that in this organization over the last two decades, basically all the information flow has come down to one person, Bill Belichick, because he could handle that. And Mayo had so much respect for that, but he said, that's not him. He's in the learning phase. So basically, Laura, he wants to open things up and lean on the experts. And he told me a story that when he came into work today, he saw Mac Jones working out. And, you know, he said that attitude, that mentality of changing the page, he said that means a lot to him. And I'll just take you right inside the room here. Mac Jones was among the players present for this news conference today with Captain Jawan Bentley, a linebacker, John Jones, a cornerback, former player Devin McCourty. So you could feel a little bit of an energy shift here with Gerard Mayo and the Patriots.
Yeah, that's excellent storytelling, Mike, and we thank you so much for that from that Patriots press conference. Hawk, that's the big question, right? Yep. We don't know what's happening with Mac Jones. What's the first thing that you want to see happen now that the Patriots have their coach in place? Well, they got to find a quarterback, and I think a general manager is going to help them do that, and I'm, I'm going to throw a little curveball here, but I do think it plays in to what Coach Mayo is talking about, and he's building a new culture in New England. He's not completely flipping it, but to their point, Every decision in that building was made by Bill Belichick. What you eat, when you eat, when you work out, whether you're allowed to do interviews outside of the Patriots organization, I, I am telling you, when they say silo, they mean it in every sense of the word. And so he's going to have his work cut out for him to change this culture and figure out the new way that he wants to implement it so that his players feel motivated on a week-to-week -week basis. We will have absolutely no idea if he can coach at all if they don't draft differently. Their drafts the yep. last 10 years have been terrible. They, the the re results are what they are. That's why they got to find a general manager, and he better be good. Mm -hmm. This is their last 10 drafts. 18 first and second round picks. One pro bowler. Zero first team all pros. Zero cats got a second contract with New England. I think the wow. last one was Dante wow. Hightower. So we will have no idea if Gerard Mayo can coach or not if they don't get one, a general manager, and he flips the script, changes the culture of how they've drafted. Yeah, one of the things, too, for Patriots fans, and I hate to preach patience before anything's even happened, but if he gets off to a slow start, he's actually in good company. Both Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick went 5-11 and in their first season with New England. Pete Carroll, in his first three years of coaching the Patriots, went 10-6 and and made the playoffs. So we'll you're, see. You're already pushing that? Yeah, well, why not? Get him ready. We're just getting started on NFL Live, okay? After the Cowboys' disappointing playoff exit in the wild card round, questions have emerged regarding Mike McCarthy's job status Adam Schefter joins us with the latest Don't Miss It. Plus, Lamar Jackson and the top-seeded Ravens confront a Texans defense that posed challenges for them in Week 1. Hear why Hawk believes things will be different for the Ravens on Saturday. NFL Live is brought to you by Freestyle Libre. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. From the beginning of the game, we got beat. No way to sugarcoat it. Dak played timid. He played unsure of himself. The judgment is not being made on the regular season. And Dak Prescott fell yep. right to his fear. But when you get into the playoffs and there is a very specific formula of how you have to play to win, you get exposed. No, I, I don't want to rank it, but I will tell you that I'm full. This is beyond my comprehension. 
Welcome back to NFL Live. Still no word on the future of Mike McCarthy in Dallas as Adam Schefter and Marcus Spears are back with us. Adam, we'll start with you. What do we know about McCarthy's future now? Well, here's what we know right now, Laura. A lot of people thought after the Dallas Cowboys shocking loss on Sunday that there might be news about Mike McCarthy's future on Monday, and there wasn't. And we thought there might be news on Tuesday, and there wasn't. And we thought there might be news on Wednesday. And so far, there's nothing. And the longer this goes, I think the more the chances increase that Mike McCarthy might be safe and that Jerry Jones won't do anything at all at head coach other than leave Mike McCarthy in place. Now, there are organizational meetings going on. There are exit interviews with Mike McCarthy and the players. There's a chance that Mike McCarthy could hold the season-ending press conference tomorrow. Now, look, during the course of these conversations, at any point in time, Jerry Jones could decide to make a change. But here we are three days after that collapse against the Packers, and there's still nothing. And with each hour that passes, you wonder if there will be. No final or official word out of Dallas as to exactly what they're doing. Well, let's take the signs for what they're worth right now. I like optimistic Adam because uh, <laughs> you, you're right, Brad. The, 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 the silence can mean that we're holding on and we're trying to figure out organizationally where we go from here with Mike McCarthy or the silence obviously could mean I'm not all in, but there are some things that need to be worked out before we come public with this decision. I know based on the football game and based on how this team looked against Green Bay, it has to be in Jerry Jones' thought process about moving on to a new coach. And two, we know this league. It's about supply and demand for players as well as it is about coaches. There are some really good head coaches available, yeah. um, free agents, <laughs> coaches that's available that have had a tremendous amount of success and I know Bel Belichick has been the lightning rod in Dallas, but ultimately there's a lot of other guys potentially to think about, which I think makes this a difficult decision for Jerry Jones. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is there's still some teams playing right now. You just never know if there could be more that add to that list as available coaches. Adam? Yeah, I was going to say we're waiting for a decision from Dallas. We're waiting for a decision from Philadelphia. You would have thought that there would have been something from at least one of these places mm. by now. And it almost feels like there's a volcano. We're waiting to see if and when it's going to erupt. And it has it. And we're just yep. sitting by waiting yep. to see if either team makes a move. I don't think, the best I can tell, that Dallas has done an awful lot of checking in with other coaches who could be available out there. We see Pete Carroll. We see Mike Brable. We see Bill Belichick. Jim Harbaugh, I don't think that's been going on. We wait for a word from them. Yeah, we've certainly heard from some other teams doing interviews. The Falcons have interviewed a few guys. Adam, now you got me imagining a volcano with, like, all the available coaches coming out of the top. So, thank you for that. We got more coming Make your way graphic. here. Make that graphic. <laughs> so, yeah, come on. Still to come, it's Wide Out Wednesday. Dan and Hawk shall dwell, delve into the profound performance of Romeo Dobbs against the Cowboys. Thou shalt not forego the spectacle. Shakespeare got me, but I wouldn't let him finish me. We'll be right back. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. It's Wide Out Wednesday. Dan and Hawk, take it away. When does he know time to get inside? Game plan within the game plan. Don't do what's on the paper. Do what you know. We call Let it, it go squirrel. Squirrel. We squirrel. Call it, I want to work backwards here. I am... Licking my chops because it's time to eat. This is why he's such a smart football player. This is the fastest feet I've ever seen. If I tried that now, I would tear everything. You have my permission to slap him to sleep. Six six worth of Connecticut swag. Whoa, whoa! That Let's was get dope. it. That was dope. Wide out Wednesday, yay! yay. There's a squabble going for Wide Out Wednesday, Dan. Hey man, the Packers <laughs> went down to Dallas and knocked off the Cowboys, in part mm-hmm. because the young, talented group at wide receiver have become very proficient route runners. If they're going to go all the way out to San Francisco and knock them off, this group is once again going to have to start in that. Let's start with Romeo Dobbs, who's in the slot against Absolutely. Jordan Lewis. All right, so we got Romeo Dobbs in the slot against Jordan Lewis. He's going to have an out route from the slot. Now, typically, if you have an out route, you're going to outside release, but he knows Lewis is playing outside leverage, and that's going to be a fight and possibly mess up the timing okay. for Jordan Love. So he makes a decision to go inside of him, okay? He releases inside. What that does is it tells Jordan Lewis that he's likely running an in-breaking route. So he's going inside of the leverage to try to sell to Jordan Lewis. I'm actually going across the field. Absolutely. And what Jordan Lewis does, he kind of does this slingshot technique that DBs do where they right. grab you, propel themselves to where they think you're going, and that plays perfectly into what Dobbs wants because he has them stacked now. He can't even see this DB. Yeah. Take it back a little bit. I want you, you to see the head and shoulders fake he gets him inside, which then creates the separation to make it an easy throw for Jordan Love. That uh-huh. right there, that left foot right there gets him to lose that defensive back. So it's initially getting inside the leverage, selling that, yep. and then giving one stab in to break out. Absolutely. Committing to the route creates a separation that we see here. Man, that is absolutely wide open. So I love the fact that he knew the leverage 
and use that leverage against him to go win. Now for one of the throws really of Jordan Love's career, certainly of this season. Wicks in the slot against that all-out pressure. They're going to motion down, and Wicks is going to have a wide release stutter out post. We've kind of talked about this on Wideout Wednesday before. Now he's going against an all-pro in Gilmore, so he knows that Gilmore is waiting for any indicator to jump the route. Okay, Watch what's the Winston. indicator? The indicator here is he's going to drop his hit and give him one-two because it's going to tell <laughs> Gilmore that he's going to run an out route. The moment he drops his hips, Gilmore drops his hips and feet to jump the out and creates the separation he needs across space. All right, base. so right here, he's vertical. You're telling me he's doing that on purpose. He's yes. kind of standing up, and once he gets to this, that forces Stephon Gilmore to stop his feet as well? Absolutely. Watch it. The moment hey, he hey. drops, he drops. Ooh. And now he's at a standstill while Wicks is going to accelerate across his face for a touchdown. That's awesome route running that. Hey, hey. Yeah, oh, do it again hey, for me, Dan. I like that. That's what it's called from All right, now on. And then let's go All back right. to Romeo Dobbs for another route. This is my favorite route. This is an over corner. Now, the opposite route that you're not going to see here is actually a corner post, which is perfect because this, these defensive backs yep. are going to see the same trajectory and think it's going to the left of the formation. Now, he's going to inside release, yep. take a track like he's running an over route. Okay. And at this moment, Gilmore thinks he knows, but he's not going to commit yet. Okay, so I want okay, – so what does he do? Like, what does Dobbs do to get – Stephon Gilmore to commit. Here comes an over route. So again, this is why it's great because Dobbs is running these routes without any vision on the DB. Okay. What he does here, he puts another foot in the ground, take an even bigger angle to the to the over, and brings his head back to the quarterback. The moment Gilmore sees his head go back, he commits to try to go make a big play across the so field. So he's peeking back on purpose. This Absolutely. is another sell job by Dobbs. I'm going to peek for the ball. In reality, I'm just trying to lose you and break back out to the Perimeter. The moment he feels Gilmore oh go, he puts a foot in the ground so hard he almost tears his damn knee out the frame. It creates a huge play it, for Jordan Love. It's impressive that this group that's physically talented has now become so equipped with some of the nuance in route running. Great cores run their best routes when it matters most. That's what this receiving core is doing. Love that. There were some great sound effects in that, guys. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Oh, I knew you'd do it again. You're both so predictable. Time to read and react. Some coaching news around the NFL. Adam Schefter will hit us with the latest on the coach, and our analysts will react. So, Adam, let's start with Bill Belichick. Go ahead. Well, Laura, we know that he's already met with the Atlanta Falcons. We know that Arthur Blank is taking some big swings in the past at previous coaching candidates like Nick Saban, like... Bill Parcells, like Joe Gibbs, we'll see if he can find a way somehow to reel in the greatest coach of all time and Bill Belichick, who remains a coaching free agent right now. Yeah, Shefty, listen, when I think about Bill Belichick and the parent, obviously Atlanta has been, but the Chargers to me. This team needs some cachet. This team has a young quarterback, which we know offensively Bill Belichick has to have. And then defensively is where a lot of their issues and woes were throughout the years. They've had high-powered offense. I think Bill Belichick fixes that unit, and this team can start to win games and finish games at the end of games because of that coaching bump that they would get with Bill. As we read and react to more coaching news, let's go to Pittsburgh. Adam, what do we know about Mike Tomlin's future? Mike Tomlin told coaches, players, that he intends to return to the 2024 season. He squashed that speculation right away. The day after, he's got one year left in his contract, so now the question becomes, do the Steelers extend him? Does he head into the last year of his contract? But as to the question as to whether or not he would be back, he does plan to return for the upcoming season. 
this is the right move for, for Coach Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're not going to find a coach on this market that is better than Mike Tomlin. What they have to do is figure out their quarterback situation. They're going to have to go into free agency and see, is there a quarterback out there that makes more sense? Also, offensive play caller is another very important one. Typically, we don't see the Steelers take part in the quarterback sweepstakes that is the free agency, but in the situation they are now, with Kenny Pickett on the bench and deciding to go with Rudolph in the playoffs, that is their reality. Jim Harbaugh has had a couple interviews this week, Adam. What do we need to know? Met with the Chargers, met with the Falcons, and it's clear that there is interest at the NFL level for Jim Harbaugh, who's accomplished so much at Michigan. He brought that program back to prominence, took him to the Final Four three straight years, won a national championship, and now it's clear he's open to listening to NFL teams. The Chargers remain firmly interested in Jim Harbaugh. The Falcons also gotten interested. We'll see if one of these teams can make it work, worth his while to leave Ann Arbor right now, Laura. There's a difference between these two places. One, if he goes to the Chargers, you're going to get really good quarterback play. I just don't know how likely it is to win. He's going to be with Justin Herbert. But this roster is going to be very different. They're 30-plus million dollars over the salary cap, and they're old. So you're going to get great quarterback play. I don't know how much you win. With Atlanta, you get good quarterback play, you'll win. This is a roster that has some very good young talent, specifically on the perimeter. They've got a good offensive line, and they have cap space. That's the big question. Goes to the Chargers, you got the quarterback. There's other big questions. He goes to the Falcons, you got a good roster, but there's that one big question. If he goes to Atlanta, he has to find that quarterback. Good quarterback play, they're a playoff football team. It feels like any second now, all of this coaching news is going to start to happen. Adam, of course, will have all the latest for you as soon as it does. To a developing story here today, Colts owner Jim Ursay was found unresponsive and struggling to breathe at his Carmel, Indiana home on the morning of December 8th. According to police documents, Ursay was treated with Narcon before being transported to a local hospital. ESPN confirmed Ursay attended the Colts' Week 15 game eight days after the emergency at his home. The Colts, who said last week that Ursay was dealing with a severe respiratory illness, said Wednesday that he continues to recover from that illness and would have no further comment. Coming up here on NFL Live, we've got more to get to. After leading the Lions to their first playoff victory in 32 years, Jared Goff has put the team in prime position to make a deep playoff run. Dan will show us how Goff has handled the pressure of becoming the guy in Detroit. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
when it gets down to the end of the game and it's crucial moments, this team is never out of place because they don't see it as we have to be out of character to win. They see it as we have to be exactly who we've been coached to be in the best moments. Snap, fakes to give. Nope, gave it to give. Straight up the gut yes, to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. There's Goff. Rose, it is caught. Hobbit Ross St. Brown, first down. Yes, That's going to do it. That's going to do it. We can see that on repeat at the Lions with a huge win over the Rams and their offense has been especially solid at home this season ranking sixth or better in several passing categories among teams in their home games. Since joining the Lions Jared Goff has thrown 56 touchdowns and 12 picks at home. Meanwhile as you see there the Tampa pass defense struggled on the road ranking outside the top 25 in the same categories among teams in their road games. Interesting matchup to keep our eyes on this weekend. And Marcus, the Bucks helped cover some of those coverage issues by bringing pressure on Monday night against Philly. Would you expect yeah. more of that against Detroit this weekend? I expect it, but I expect they have to be calculated because the first matchup, Jameer Gibbs wasn't a big part of this offense, yep. and we know what his multiplicity offers. But Todd Bowles wants to speed up your process. He wants to get these fast linebackers in Devin White and Levante David up into the quarterback. He wants to make sure that you are not comfortable. And Jared Goff does a phenomenal job when he has time. But more importantly, now Detroit has guys, not only the ability to get the ball to Jameer Gibbs quick, but his run after catch ability. You gotta, you gotta try to subsidize whether you go let these linebackers who are fast and very athletic for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers be in coverage against Jameer Gibbs, or you gonna try to speed Jared Goff up and hope that you can disrupt timing and he can't get the ball to those guys in space. That's the conundrum that Todd Bowles is going to have. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's hard to speed Jared Goff up. In their first matchup, they tried. He diffuses the pressure by the way he plays in rhythm on time, and that's really what happened in that first game. I mean, Tampa Bay, many ways, tried to blitz Jared Goff. Off-ball linebacker and nickel comes. Here he comes, unblocked. But when you play on time, when you play in rhythm, when you play with clarity of where you're supposed to go with the football, that pressure in many ways doesn't even feel like it's happening. Again, here comes the pressure from that defensive front. Jared Goff using his eyes to manipulate the underneath coverage. Jared has so much trust in the repetition built up in the offense and with the people that those receivers are where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, and to never fool the quarterback, that even though there is what we just call or declare as pressure or blitz, he minimizes or diffuses it by the rhythm and timing that he plays in. And that's a huge part of how they win game one. I wanted to ask you, because I think one of the things that happens to a defense is when they do blitz, and we as an offense, quarterback and receivers, we play on time and we play on rhythm. While you're blitzing, you're not affecting us. And right. I think in turn, we're affecting you. Mm -hmm. The importance of that from the, the skill group, the receiver groups, and how their impact is going to be felt. It, it makes all the difference because for a defense that is sitting pressure at a quarterback, your worst nightmare is that everybody's on the same page. As, as an mm -hmm. offense. Absolutely. And, yeah. your, and your receivers understanding the blitz and the pressure the same way is as important as your quarterback. That play you just showed to Amon Ross St. Brown, for him to know in that in route, to speed it up and that ball is going to be even before he's out of his break to get his head around is important on this choice route to Amon Ross St. Brown where he made his decision there actually went against what the defense showed him but he understood the bound the distance and went and got it and then this one this is a sail route which there's three levels to it there is they the deep corner there is kind of a, a, a shorter out slash corner from the slot and then there's a, 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 a lower level yeah. which is just a five yard out. 
three levels for the quarterback. Jared Goff says, based on what I'm seeing, I'm going to take this shot yeah. into pressure on third down, and all these receivers understood where the ball was going and that they had to speed up their routes to get their head around. Turns into a big You play. just did it again. <laughs> head around. Yep. That's the phrase that, like, if we just talked about Philadelphia yesterday, the day before, right. no one was getting their head around versus yes. that pressure. Detroit is absolutely coached receiver-wise. When you see pressure, get a yard short maybe than you have to route-wise and get your head around to expect the football. Mm. And we saw at the times when Jalen Hurts was able to find Devontae Smith in these situations, he was able to win. So that is something that's going to be very important, man. Like, I, I just think when you look at Jared Goff in this offense and you talk about blitzing them, I think it's a mul the, the multiplicity of the offense is their strength. The one thing that I would do is disguise. I would change the pitcher on the back end. To me, that is how you get Jared Goff to maybe throw you throw him into some problems. But the, the blitz package that Tampa has, I would be very nervous about that with these pass catchers and ability after the catch. Yeah, it's one interesting thing, being on the sideline with Tampa on Monday night, watching Todd Bowles' involvement in that defense. Obviously, he's the head coach, but he has extreme involvement in the defense. And he kept coming over to them against the Eagles and saying, do not let them go over the top. He was very, very worried that they weren't even getting to Jalen Hurts fast enough. You've got to think that factors in yeah. against Jared Goff, who's even quicker. All right, so there's that game. But let's get to Saturday's game. The Ravens begin their playoff run Saturday against the Houston Texans on ESPN. Of course, the Ravens with that first round by being the one seed. These two teams play back in week one with the Ravens cruising to a 25 to 9 win. What is different this time around, Dan? Well, I don't know if they cruised, to be honest with you. I thought this defense held Baltimore in check for the most part. And it was because of two things that stood out. One, Baltimore could not get to those linebackers for Houston. I thought Houston's inside linebackers versus Baltimore's run game were too quick. The diagnosis was too clear. And that's what led to so many short yardage games or even tackle for losses. Perryman was fantastic in this football game. And it'll be interesting to see how Baltimore tries to try and handle those guys because that's been the story of Houston's season defensively. Now, that led to so many second and longs and then in turn, third and longs. And again, this is the identity of Houston. On third down, they're going to come after you. Six guys up at the line of scrimmage, they're going to play man coverage. And the games that they play, Marcus knows this, the internal games that they play with those guys up at the line of scrimmage cause problems. That's a third and six interception that took away points off the board. Here's another six guys up at the line of scrimmage. They're going to play man coverage on the back end. Both linebackers up in the line of scrimmage. They're forcing, again, people to think. And they're going to bring one linebacker, the backside safety, drop the other guy to carry the vertical. And Lamar Jackson, with an unblocked defender, is going to try to run away. And they did a great job of running towards Lamar's upfield shoulder, meaning not allowing him anywhere to go. And then again, an all-out pressure with everybody at the line of scrimmage and Baltimore not being ready for it. So for Baltimore, can you handle the linebackers for Houston in your run game? And then for Baltimore offensively, are you going to be ready for the certain and specific pressures that Houston's going to bring mm -hmm. if you can get into those third down situations. That's why I'm so excited about this game because it's like the, the entirety of it from that first week to now, these are two completely different teams. Yes. And what the other thing Houston defense needs to be ready for is these wide receivers yeah. is, are they completely different. Yeah. I mean, OBJ is not the same player he was in. He has gotten to his rhythm. He understands the offense. Now they have Isaiah Likely, who got a couple of targets in the first one, but we've seen the big plays he makes now in the middle of the field. And then last but definitely not least, is Zay Flowers. Mm -hmm. The clip you just showed when they brought pressure and Zay Flowers had a drive under route. Yeah. I sent that clip to his receiver trainer and I said, hey, he has to stair step here. 
He has to create separation for Lamar to have an outlet. A stair step is a uh, one to two steps upfield vertical to make the DB feel like you're going towards the end yeah. zone and oh. then separating away so that's an easier surface for the quarterback. If you watch Zay Flowers now, the amount of detail in his routes, his understanding Different of spacing guy. and where to be is the reason why Lamar is so cool hmm. under pressure towards the later half of the season. Uh, by the way, I just talked to Nico Collins about this game, and he was like, yeah, when we first played that first game of the season, we still had our camp bodies. He yeah. was like, yeah, we're a lot different. I didn't really know. I'd never heard that yeah, before. That's camp bodies sounds like all of us. All right, you can catch oh, all the geez. action from this one right here on ESPN God, no. as our AFC divisional round matchup comes your way Saturday at 4.15 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Coverage begins with postseason NFL countdown at 2 Eastern on ESPN and ABC. Still ahead, the 49ers will host a young and confident Packers team Saturday night. Could the Packers be on the verge of another playoff upset? Dan and Hawk believe the Green Bay defense could give San Francisco trouble. You're going to want to hear this, I promise. It's all next right here on ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The postseason NFL countdown crews have you covered for the divisional round Saturday at 2 Eastern from M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore and Sunday at noon right here on ESPN and the app. We're glad you're with us today on NFL Live. Four huge matchups for the divisional round of the playoffs this week, and we're getting closer to finding out who's going to be in the Super Bowl. So time to check out the injury report with Adam Schefter. Sneaky huge news in Buffalo on a position we don't usually talk about. What's going on there, Adam? with their punter Sam Martin dealing with a hamstring injury. The Buffalo Bills signed a punter Matt Hawk who punted for them back in 2021. Signed him to the practice squad. Looks like he'll be elevated in time for the divisional playoff on Sunday against Kansas City and it looks like Buffalo could have a new punter for that game. There's a question as to whether the Green Bay Packers will get back Jair Alexander for Saturday night's big game against the 49ers. Alexander did not practice today due to that ankle injury. The short week certainly doesn't help his case after he hurt his ankle against the Dallas Cowboys and he's an elite cornerback. The Packers want him back for Saturday night's game in which the 49ers will have their running back Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Shanahan has said that McCaffrey is a full go. He's ready to go full practice despite the fact that he's been dealing with a calf injury. That bye week certainly helped that McCaffrey got to rest then, got to rest in the regular season finale, has had a couple of weeks of rest to get ready specifically for this big Saturday night showdown versus the Green Bay Packers. Adam, thanks for the latest. You're the greatest. So it looks like McCaffrey will be good to go. <laughs> I think I tried really hard to like land that and then I couldn't. I am such a dork, uh, especially today. I don't know why. All right, so McCaffrey's going to be good to go on Saturday night. We know Green Bay will have to slow that 49ers run game down to stay in it. But Marcus, how would you expect Kyle Shanahan to try to test that Packers defense beyond just the run game? 
Yeah, when he talked in this presser, he said he started paying attention in the second quarter to the Green Bay and Dallas game, and I'm glad <laughs> he did. But the one thing that the, the one thing about Green Bay's defense that I saw was Jake Ferguson was having a lot of success against the back end of this defense. And when you think about what George Kittle has meant to Brock Purdy, not just in a not just in a role of, of blocking and catching short passes, but down the field, creating that separation, the scene pass that Dak threw to Jake Ferguson over the middle, finding him one-on-one matchups. I believe he had like 10 catches for 93 yards in that game and three touchdowns, I think. So that is something that when you are scouting and you're looking at it, obviously Green Bay is going to try to defend against it because it they know that it was a weakness in that game as well. But George Kittle may have may have an opportunity to have a big day in this game. Hawk, can that Packers defense force Brock Purdy into some mistakes, you think? They can. It won't be easy, yeah. but they definitely can because this offense prides itself on having all the answers to anything you throw at them. But if you watch the Packers did last week, they did something the Ravens had success against the 49ers with. Watch Cal Hamilton here. Cover two. There's pre-snap disguises, post-snap, and then there's in-play disguises. Cal Hamilton looks like he's playing the two-receiver side. The moment that Brock Purdy goes to throw the bender, he jumps it for an interception. Now, watch what the Packers do against Dak Prescott. Very similar. You're seeing the two-high shell. There's going to be a triple slant up top. He is showing he is playing the number three, which makes Dak Prescott think he has a clear throw to number two. He jumps it mid-play, turns into a pick six. Now, again, Brock Purdy has been amazing against the pressure. This offense is, is known for having all the answers, but at the same time, if they can confuse him mm. by throwing some in-coverage disguises at him, there's an opportunity there. they, they got to figure out a way to get people to be where they're not supposed to be, yep. which is contrary to football. You know, mm. I think one of the great things that Kyle and this offense does for a quarterback is he takes the personnel grouping and then he designs the play and he says, hey, if we get this defense or this defense, these guys are all going to be here. You're throwing this ball here. That's one of the reasons why Marcus has some conversations about quarterbacks when you have to get to number two. That's why a Tua sometimes plays so fast in this offense. Brock Purdy plays so fast in this offense. Because more often than not, they know exactly where guys are going to be and how they're going to respond to certain action and where the ball is going to go. So the challenge is going to be for Joe Barry, who's the defense coordinator for Green Bay, can you get guys to – you're rolling the dice in a way, yeah. right? You're, you're, to get a guy to be where he's not supposed to be and create one of those turnovers. Kyle Hamilton's not supposed to be there. Mm. If Kittle runs a corner out there, walking six. It's risky. Mm -hmm. so, yes, you've got to roll the dice versus some formation and personnel tendencies. That's going to be their challenge. It's going to be feast or famine. The right. good thing is Mike LaFleur knows this offense as good as any coach in the league. Good point. Yeah. So if he's playing on him to say, hey, these are the rules, we got to change and yeah. throw something that they've never seen at him. I think the linebackers for Green Bay got to play great, Marcus. Like, I, that, that's where San Francisco yeah. and Kyle are going to try to attack. <laughs> What's going on I think there, so, Sweat? too, as well, Dan. I think so. I think – I know. I don't know what all this noise is. I think so, too, Dio. But I, I think that's why, man, this ankle injury for Jair, Jair Alexander is probably the most important thing to me in this game. Sure. Because if you mm -hmm. can have him man up – they did it against Dallas. If you can have him play an aggressive style – on, on one side, you can get creative defensively, and that's why these top cornerbacks get paid so much money, so you can be creative away from them. That's what it, It's huge for me, whether it's him and Ayuk, whether mm -hmm. it's him and Debo, you have to take something away from San Francisco because everything at their disposal, we know what yeah. can happen. Yeah, hard to, uh, yeah, hard to take it away when you're not 100% like Jair Alexander may be dealing with.
Don't let him slam the doors on you, Swag. Uh, time for one more thing before we go. As speculation of the retirement continues to swirl around Eagles All-Pro center Jason Kelsey, a local McDonald's worker posted this photo of Kelsey delivering her assigned jersey this morning. Kelsey and Daniel Bonham have built up a relationship over the years as Kelsey would drive through and pick up his breakfast. I love it. Uh, his go-to order, sausage, egg, and cheese, by the way, which I, honestly, man. I already love the guy, but that makes me love him even more. I, I love a sausage, egg, and cheese. Anybody else? Hawk, you go you I, roll with a sausage? I eat McDonald's six times a week. What? Right now? Hey. What? Sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle? I can't help it. I love it. So good. No, McGriddle, yeah, of course. Yeah, go Hawk, it's doing you well. It's it, his physique is built by McDonald's. You did. You did. They allowed you to Dan, do it. Dan, do you eat sausage, egg, and cheese? <laughs> I love sausage, egg, and cheese, and I love the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle. Bacon you food. actually do? Okay. That's, I mean, that's I would have impressive. to smack you if that's you didn't. And if it's lunch, a number two, no pickles, light icing. Let's go, Hawk. Dang,